God for the call upon their lives. And we want to really dedicate this time right now as we transition into a time of worship because we want to give God all the praise, all the glory. So as we prepare our hearts to worship, let's bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. God, we thank you for your great strength and might that have been poured out over these two graduates. We thank you for your grace and your faithfulness. And we thank you for this moment, God, and we give you the glory. We ask, oh Lord, that as we enter into your presence, that the presence and the power of God will overcome and overshadow us, especially over Lawrence and Des. They will know, God, that you called them and that you set them apart for such a time as this. We praise you and we bless your name in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord in celebration together today.
presence in this place we thank you Lord for the fire of God that burns in us we thank you for the fear of God Lord we thank you that we can say no to sin that we can shun evil God all the days of our lives and God as we celebrate Lawrence and Des and all the accomplishments that they have had I pray that today would be a reminder to all of us, O oh Lord, to put you first, to keep our eyes on you. And God, I pray that we would all know that the work that you started in us, O oh God, you are the one that will complete it. We thank you for who you are, and we worship you, and we exalt your name on high. We exalt the name of Jesus. Come on, we exalt the name of Jesus in our lives, in our families, in our education, in our city, in the nations. We lift up the name of Jesus because there is no other name like the name of Jesus. The name above all other names that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Thank you, Lord. Welcome to our SUM graduation celebration 2022. Praise God. You may have a seat. Praise the Lord. We are so thankful that you have joined us this morning to celebrate Lawrence and Des. So once again, welcome. Welcome to all the family, the friends, the church family. We are so thankful for all that God has done in Des and Lawrence's life. My name is Lauren Sajenski, and I have had an absolute honor of walking with these two students for the entire duration of their Bible college journey. SUM Bible College and Theological Seminary was founded and started by George Noe in 1987 in a living room in Louisiana among other brothers and sisters in Christ. At the time, the vision of SUM was to bring, be a light in the urban communities to help raise up ministers with a biblical education with an affordable and biblical education that would transform the cities of America with the gospel. SUM has expanded their vision throughout the years and not only are they in urban areas, but also in rural, along with spreading internationally to raise up indigenous leaders in the countries around the world. As SUM began to grow, they went from having one campus to adopting a cohort model that allowed the local church to have their own Bible college site to raise up men and women of God in their own church that felt called to the full-time ministry. MPI was one of the two churches that began having a cohort first. Since SUM, and since then, SUM has been a powerful tool that MPI has partnered with for the last about 12 years or so. SUM has always had a special place in our church because our pastor and former visionary leader, Pastor Joe, graduated from there many years ago. As I stated, our church was one of the first cohorts in the country, and many on our staff at Metro Praise, including myself, have graduated from SUM with a bachelor's degree. We are thankful for SUM's partnership, for all the professors and the staff that has poured into our students throughout the years, been gracious with them, have given them their time, prayers, and love. So we wanna thank you, SUM, for all you have done. Now to Des and Lawrence, we are so proud of you. You both are trophies of God's amazing grace. Des, you are proof that God is able to restore, heal, and transform someone's heart and life. 
you went from being a high school dropout to a college graduate. <laughs> and you finished in excellence. We believe in you, and we've always been able to see the call of God on your life. It has been my honor to walk with you. Lawrence, you have always been an example in your love for the Lord and in your character. We have watched you grow from being a young man in our church to now being a husband, a father, and a powerful man of God. I pray that the young men of God in our church now, many are our own children, will grow to be an example like you have been, and we will point them to you and say, follow Lawrence as he follows Christ. Although I'm so thankful that FAFSA is behind us, <laughs> I have truly enjoyed walking with you, and I look forward to all that's to come. Though this journey of Bible college may be over, your journey into full-time ministry has just begun. I pray that the years ahead of you will be even sweeter than the years behind you. I pray that the dreams and ministries that God has placed in your heart will come forth. And always remember, we have your back. We will walk with you and do all that we can to help you fulfill the call of God on your lives. It has been my great honor to walk with you, help you, and it is a reward in itself to see that you have accomplished this great task. I want to speak this over you today before I welcome the graduates to give their speeches. Philippians 1, 3 through 6 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to now welcome Lawrence Rodriguez as he gives his speech. Oh, amen. Praise God. I want to read a verse. Um, first of all, it's an honor to be up here. I mean that there was just two people in the crowd, three people, it doesn't matter. It's an honor to be on this stage, um, having completed my uh, journey, getting my bachelor's degree in Bible college. I consider this a privilege, um, and uh, I'm honored to be where I am by God's grace. And so I would, for anybody who may be considering Bible college, um, or you may be currently in Bible college, this means so much to me, and I would ask of you to treat your calling with the same weight and honor what God has called you to do in your life. I want to read a passage um, in Philippians 3, verses uh, 7 and 8, maybe 9, we'll see. I... I uh, made this my uh, favorite. I, I picked this when I was like maybe 11 or 12 as my favorite Bible passage because when I read it, I just felt like it kind of summed up how I want to be known. And uh, how I want to live. Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But whatever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. My Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I'm going to go ahead and read my speech. I actually wrote it down, so I'm not going to be going off of uh, <laughs> um, whatever, you know. But uh, this is my speech. So here we go. Um, good afternoon, everyone. 
My name is Lawrence Rodriguez. I want to begin by saying again, it is an honor and a blessing to stand upon this stage, having completed my journey as a seminary student for now. I can still recall the moment I arrived for our student orientation over five years ago. I just got off work, still in my uniform, rushing through traffic in order to arrive on time. I didn't quite have the next five years of my life laid out on paper. I wasn't sure where attending seminary would take me. I was immature, irresponsible, lacked character, discipline, and wisdom, yet at the same time, there was a simple yes in my heart. I wanted to be used to advance God's kingdom. I had dreams of auditoriums being filled and God's power sweeping over thousands of people. I was convinced that whatever it was God was drawing me toward, it was worth every cent of my life. Despite my hunger for God, despite my hunger to see God's calling fulfilled in me, I would go on to encounter a variety of challenges. If you want to know some of them, talk to Pastor Lauren. She was there every step of the way. The Lord had, had mercy on her for having to deal with everything going on. But uh, on more than one occasion, I would find myself lacking the proper financing to finish my degree. I would often battle my own procrastination when it came time to fill out critical paperwork for my financial aid application. I would have to fight through fatigue and exhaustion, attempting to write papers and turn in assignments after a long day at work. I had to learn how to balance my commitments, ministry life, work, schedule, chores at home, devotional life, all the while maintaining good grades, a good attitude, and good character. During the journey, there were many bumps in the road, to say the least. Yet through every twist and turn, there was still a yes in my heart. God was faithful, and for every moment I felt like I couldn't go on any further, his strength would lift me up and get me where I needed to be. Now, years later, I am married, I have a son, developed lifelong relationships, and I'm at the end of this specific season having seen God do so much in my life. There are still visions that I have yet to see fulfilled. There are still dreams that I currently, um, that are currently in the process of becoming reality. Yet through it all, the yes in my heart will never change. I chose to go into full-time ministry because I believe God has called me to be a minister of his word. Over the years, I've prepped empanadas, cleaned carpets, taped boxes, took passengers to their destination, taught music, made clothing, designed logos, and fulfilled orders at Amazon, yet my calling to full-time ministry never changed. Peter was a fisherman and Paul was a tent maker. Both individuals had different occupations, yet shared one thing in common. They both lived to fulfill the call God placed on their life and, rem and were remembered for doing so. Though we all come from different walks of life, cultures, and experiences, let us all be fully committed to the call God has placed upon each of us. Thank you. Praise God. Please help me welcome Desiree Merced. This is cool. I'm not going to have all the fancy words and the great speech. What I do have is a heart filled with gratitude. I'm grateful for Metro Praise. I'm grateful for the Lord. I'm grateful for Lauren who walked with me every step of the way, who pushed me even when I wanted to give up. I did. I wanted to quit. I wanted to drop out. I thought it was too hard for me. I thought I wasn't good enough. I had trouble, you know, reading and understanding the material. But leaders who are there, who have your back, like <laughs> Lauren, I am so grateful for you. You have literally walked with me from the moment that I stepped into this church. I didn't know like what the road was ahead for me. I didn't know what was in store. I came here and all I had actually completed was my eighth grade diploma and that was it. Like, and here I am standing here before you, um, college grad, like that's amazing. Um, so when I thought of writing a speech, like all I could think about was the younger me and if I could go back and like speak to the younger me like what would I say so I said 
I'd say, hold on. I know what you've gone through and are going through. I know it seems like all hope is gone and you're trapped forever with no way out. Hold on, because God has a plan and you can't see it now, but if you could see this right here, just know you made it. And to the present me, God's got your back, girl. Everything you thought was impossible has become a reality. Yes, there are storms. Yes, there's trials and some are very painful, but God's got your back. Keep going and keep moving forward. To the future me, have no fear because God has never failed you, nor will he ever. Hold tight no matter where this life takes you. Remember to always stay close to Jesus no matter what and always remain faithful to the Lord. I thank God for bringing me here. Little did I know the journey that laid ahead of me. It was filled with promises from God waiting to be fulfilled. I came here a mess, and now I'm up here with a message. <laughs> I came here with a sad story, but I stand here before you with a story filled with God's glory. I am an example of with God, all things are possible. Seriously. One of my all-time favorite verses Acts 20, verses 24. However, I consider my life nothing worth, nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. And another verse that I hold dear, it's something that Jared shared with us when we came for SUM orientation many years ago. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God over you. Consider their outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Yeah. So I am just, I'm grateful. I mean, if you told me as a, you know, a youth I'd be up here graduating, like actually have a degree, I would have laughed. I would have never imagined it. But isn't it just like God to take something to something that you thought was so impossible and make it something so big and so beautiful and so grand. I would have... <laughs> I am grateful. I am so grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful. Lauren, you have walked with me, like I said, every step. You have walked with me getting married. You have counseled me. You have been there through thick and thin. The best mentor a girl could have. You literally took care of all my phosphor. <laughs> all that drama, uh, everything, everything. You have been my backbone, literally. You have helped me stand when I couldn't. You have helped me raise my hands when I felt they were too heavy. And my family, I love you. Don't ever think you can't do it because you can't. I may have had you young, I may have been 15, but God, look at what God has done. Don't ever doubt yourself and don't ever stray from the Lord because I'm telling you what he has in store for you is way better than anything you can ever imagine and anything you could ever dream of. It is way better than anything any man can promise you. I'm telling you what the Lord has for you is good. It is good. And I leave my family with this. Walk with the Lord. Hold on to Jesus, and he will never fail you. And to all of you here today, stay close to Jesus. I'm telling you, the world has nothing for you. The only thing you should be doing in the world is preaching the gospel, is snatching souls, sharing the word, man, giving them hope, giving them Jesus. Pastor Joe, thank you. Thank you, man of God. The only pastor I know that has held on to the word of God and it has been an example to all of us through all these years that I've known him. I can honestly say that. Thank you. And thank you. I'm done. Wonderful. Praise God. Thank you, graduates, for those wonderful speeches. I congratulate you for all your hard work. Your dedication has paid off. You deserve to celebrate and to be celebrated. Can we give it up for them one more time? Amen. We honor you.
and the hard work that you dedicated to accomplishing this goal. also want to thank the family and friends. Thank you for supporting them and encouraging them. We live in a time where now a Bible college education is looked down upon, even with myself. In conversations, people will disgrace the Bible college degree, having no idea that those with degrees like this have built the best civilizations the world has ever known and are the foundation for every science, every engineering, every good thing that has come to our culture has come by the way of Christians. Can I hear it? Amen. Amen. So thank you, family, friends, those who have come to celebrate them. Would you uh, turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. I just want to encourage you in these last few moments that we have together with a word from the Lord. The word that I would like to give you today is that you are called to be a watchman. And watchmen are not self-serving nor looking for the deserving, but they are Christ-serving. I want to say that again as the scriptures are coming up, Ezekiel chapter 33, starting in verse 11, that these two graduates here are called to be watchmen. And watchmen are not self-serving, nor do they look for the deserving, but they are Christ-serving. Look at the scripture starting in verse 11. Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Will you die, people of Israel? I want you to think about what God called Ezekiel to do as a prophet. He called him to be a watchman. Now at this time, watchmen were literal positions in cities that stood on top of walls, and they had watches all throughout the day, and they would take turns to see if there was an enemy advancing. They were the satellite. They were what would give the first alarm to the people of that day. They were the ones who were supposed to know what was going on in that surrounding area. And when God called Ezekiel the prophet, to have a prophet's call, he likened it unto that very visible position that he would see every day if he was around the city walls. Now notice when he speaks to Ezekiel, he tells Ezekiel his heart. His heart is that he does not want the wicked to die. He does not want them to perish in their wickedness. He takes no pleasure in it, but he gives them this assignment. He tells him to preach to those people to turn from their evil ways. He tells them that that is going to be his assignment. Now go to Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 7, just a few verses above. He says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. Now you are a graduate. You have the qualifications to become a pastor, evangelist, teacher, prophet, apostle. You have those qualifications. And what will happen in your life, and I'm sure you felt this already in some ways, is you will be tempted to only disperse your ministry gifts as a watchman to either serve yourself and be self-serving, or to only look for those you deem deserving. But to please Christ, you must be Christ-serving. I look around today at the current state of the ministry, and I see an epidemic of ministers who are self-serving. It's almost like you can see them on the wall, and they say, you know what? I don't want to give my attention to what's going on out there. That doesn't seem like a lot of fun. I want to pay attention to what's going on in the city. One day I had the opportunity to work with scaffolding and to be downtown with construction workers, and I got to see these men catcall all throughout the day. Construction workers, at least some of them, have earned that reputation. And I thought to myself, we are quite a ways up in the sky. We should be focusing on what we're doing, building the walls here. But they were focused on the ladies walking by. That's how I see ministers today. As the old preachers used to say, oftentimes preachers are looking for the gals, the gold, and the glory. 
They don't want to serve because it's Christ that's first and foremost. They want to serve out of what they can get out of ministry. Oftentimes, these temptations don't come as obvious as I just described. Sometimes they'll come in the forms of what you feel you have earned. David Wilkerson, the famous evangelist to New York who has now gone home to be with the Lord, speaks about his greatest temptations of pornography was not when he was home by himself, but while he was traveling around the country hosting crusades, that after the whole stadium was filled, altars were filled with people getting saved, that he would be by himself and he would hear a voice speak to him, the voice of the serpent, tell him, You deserve this. Look what you just did. You gave the gospel to all of these people. Go ahead. Look at pornography. Self-serving temptation will come at you not only in this stage of your ministry, but all the other stages you will have from this point forward. I remember just a few years ago, the Lord asked me in a time of prayer, was I willing to go beyond what I had been doing in the ministry. And I said, yes, Lord. And then he put in my heart the gospel truck that I used to preach off of when I was in New Orleans before really a successful pastor. That was my congregation. That was my pulpit. And I remember the Lord saying to me, put that need before the people and then take that truck out. Commit to taking that truck out as often as people say, I will go preach with you. God brought in the money through the people, and a few months later, it was developed and built, and I remember me filling my schedule on top of everything that I was doing that time, three to four days a week, preaching on the streets. No one else would have known that. I could have easily overlooked that still small voice of the Lord and served myself a helping of the success of this ministry so that I could continue to rest and earn that time off. That's what a self-serving person would say. But thank God the conviction was still in my heart. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. Maybe you'll be tempted to look at what's happening in the city walls and say, I wish I had that ministry, or I wish I had that television show or that online following, or I wish that my album was being promoted at this conference. But that's not what God called the watchman to do. God did not call the watchman to be there so that they could be popular with the city. The watchmen weren't there so that they could build up their own enterprise and have something out of it for their personal gain. It's almost like our president's. They come in with a few hundred thousand dollars in their accounts and they always leave millionaires. How is that? They never get paid that much. But it's all the things they get on the side and the, and the bonuses and all of these things that they can now build up for their own selves with all of those people wanting to give them that money. They make these deals while they're in the office so that they can get something out of it. The watchmen stands out there, not for their own sake, but for the sake of those that they're protecting. The watchman can be forgotten. The watchman can even be ignored at times. And the watchman can be spurned for ruining the party. Could you imagine being the watchman the day that you had to cry out that 9-11 was happening? Imagine those people in our country that were the watchmen that had to say, This is going to ruin everybody's day when we start delivering this news. I'm sure September 11th is somebody's birthday. September 11th, I'm sure, is somebody's anniversary. I'm sure that someone had a funeral planned that day. But imagine how that all changed when the watchmen of America sounded their alarms and told us what was happening. Watchmen oftentimes will be hated for their message, but they're just the messenger. And so I want to encourage you not to look at ministry as what you get out of it, but what you can give. The next thing that a watchman is not, is they are not looking for the deserving. We see here in Ezekiel that he is given 
what he is supposed to do based on God's command, not how the people are. Keep reading with me in verse 8. When I say, God speaking, when I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Oftentimes we in the ministry who have prepared ourselves, who have worked hard, who have set apart our time and our schedule to give to the people, we sometimes can feel a bit unappreciated and begin to think to ourselves, they the ones we're serving, they don't deserve this. You talk about what it's like to be a church planner after all of these years. Oftentimes I've showed up to small services and heard a voice in my mind. Look at the little crowd that's here. They don't deserve my best. I went to school for this. I've trained for this. I've given my blood, sweat, and tears for this. This is the pitiful Showing that they bring, I don't think they deserve it. I'm going to give them something half-hearted. But thankfully, during those times, God convicts me and shows me that as a watchman, I don't dispense the ministry that God gave me based on them deserving it or not deserving it. And then even in one of my pity-patty parties, the Lord told me, Everyone, including me, doesn't deserve any of his grace, so we all should be happy to be here and be alive, whether it's a big crowd or a small crowd. But oftentimes you'll see this in the ministry, clothed in humility. Well, brother, you do that. Sister, you do that. I'm, I need to do these other things. And yes, there'll come a time for delegation, and there is a difference. And I've had to learn that in the ministry, the difference between knowing when to delegate versus my laziness, or my disregard for the people because of their lack of appreciation. See, the watchman is not there, as God had commanded Ezekiel, to decide whether or not the wicked are deserving of that warning. It's not Ezekiel's job to now look back towards the city and now say, well, I'm going to decide whether or not you're worth it or not. So maybe if he sees the enemy coming, he goes, you know what? Right here is Boys Town. I'm not sounding the alarm there. I'm going to run over here to Jesus Town and sound the alarm. It's not his choice. As a watchman, God was very clear to him that he will not be judged on their response to the message, but he will be judged on whether or not he dispensed the message. I remember one pastor saying, we're not handcuffed to our church on Judgment Day. And as a preacher, I said, amen, because I'm going to heaven with or without them. Are you listening? Can I get free here? And when that preacher said that, I got free because then I understood I'm not being judged on their response to the word. What I'm being judged on is whether or not I preached the word, whether or not I gave it to the wicked, to the righteous, with the full passion of my heart. If I was a more quiet person, I guess that's how I would preach. But I know what it's like to be passionate for things. And I know when I was tempted to dial it back because of my own pride and ego, discerning whether or not they were deserving. No, God says all are deserving of his word. He said that he sent his son for all the world, and he wishes that none would perish but all come to repentance. How dare we sing less for a smaller crowd? How dare we preach less for a smaller church? We give it our all. The watchman is not self-serving. They're not looking for the deserving. They are Christ-serving. Look at what he continues to say to Ezekiel. In verse 10, son of man, say to the Israelites, now listen, this is what the Israelites need to hear. This is what you are saying. God says, I hear what you are saying. This is what the Israelites are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? 
So, so God says to Ezekiel, I know what they're saying. They're now having a pity patty party. They're putting themselves down. They're now saying, well, if that's what the watchman is going to tell us is about our sin, well, then just let, let God know that we are sinners, that we're pitiful, that we're wasting away, that, that, we're, that you know, there's nothing we can do about it. And then that's where God says back to them, he says, I don't take pleasure in you dying as sinners. I'm not here just sending Ezekiel to you so that you can have a pity patty party. I want you to turn. Now continue on to verse 12. Therefore, son of man, say to your people, if someone who is righteous disobeys, that person's former righteousness will count for nothing. And if someone someone who is wicked repents, that person's former wickedness will not bring condemnation. So he's saying to them, the wicked, you can stop and you can become righteous. But righteous people, if you stop, you can become wicked. So in other words, there's no guarantee. You have to choose what you're going to be and complete your race. Now look at verse 17. What do the people say in response to all of this? Notice this. Listen to what they say. Yet your people say the way of the Lord is not just. He's heard their arguments. He says, I'm going to tell you how to stop being wicked. You don't have to live in this sin anymore. And tell the righteous persons not to think they're so secure that they can't fall away. As the New Testament says, when you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Let everyone work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. God now says this last argument that they have. Look at this argument they have. The way of the Lord is not just. But how does he answer back? But it is their way that is not just. The watchman is not self-serving or looking for the deserving. They are Christ-serving. At this point, you now have to decide, is Christ worth serving? Is Christ just? Is Christ just to the church of Nigeria that has been exploded because of the Muslim terrorists? Is he just? Is he just? Yes or no? Speak to this professor. Is he just? then you raise up missionaries to continue preaching in those villages. Some of the people you minister to, you'll send them off to their martyrdom. Is God just? Then we rejoice even at the death of our saints. What if God calls you to go lay down your life in this city or in another city? Is he just? What if he asks you to be like some of our other missionaries? who have said goodbye to their friends and family never to be seen again, like the Mavarians who sold themselves into slave ships so that they could reach those in the slave trade, never to be seen again by their friends and family. And what was the call that they shouted from the boat as they were taken as slaves to now preach to those people, those that would be unreached, those that the world thought at that time were undeserving. They said, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Was not God just to them? The Mavarians that were started because of these young missionaries who became martyrs? What about in our lifetime? The young man that took a canoe to reach one of the only last unreached people groups and they speared him to death. In our own generation it's happened. Is not God just? What about all of these that will scream at us and put their anger towards God onto you? And accuse you of hating, accuse, accuse you of being unfair, and say to you, how could this God judge them? Will you stand with your God as they mock and ridicule, or will you deny him? Is God just? He is. I pray that you'll never forget his justice. We have now the stories of deconversion from those that have your degrees all the way up to my degrees. And they want to try to convince us that God is not just, that there's something that we've missed. And yet they don't understand that they're on sand when they make those arguments. For them to even slap or try to spit in the face of God, they have to first be on God's lap using God's reason and rationality and morality to make any sense of this world. And yet instead of humbling themselves before God and say, we have sinned and lost our way, instead of them doing that, they want to point at God and say, God is unfair. It is God's fault the world is the way that it is. I pray, should the Lord tarry 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now, you're on the side of the Lord. You're on the side of justice. You're standing with the cause of Christ.
And then you will receive the reward of a watchman. A watchman that didn't seek their own pleasures in this life, who were not self-serving, who were not deeming who they thought were deserving, but were Christ-serving. And you'll be told, well, well done, my good and faithful servants, my good and faithful watchmen. Amen? And I pray that you will reap everything that you've sowed in this ministry, 30, 60, 100-fold, that the way you guys have loved us, honored us, honored your professors, honored those who have served you, that you will have people called unto your ministries and to believe in what God has called you to do, and they will serve with you. And that as a watchman, you'll see them delivered from the wickedness of this world, and you'll go to heaven not alone, but with a generation. Amen? You'll go to heaven with a generation that are thankful for your warnings. They will say, thank you for coming to my street corner and preaching to me. Thank you for coming to my home. Thank you for coming to my business. Thank you for coming to my school. Thank you for coming to my country and teaching me the things of God. Amen. Amen. Would you both come and stand up here, please, as the elders come with the oil to be anointed for service. We bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're so excited to send you out. Now for our friends and family here, they are always given a choice in our ministry at the end of their schooling to decide if they want to then work on staff with us or be sent out as the Bible teaches. And uh, they have chosen to stay here. As the old saying goes, some were called, some were sent, and some just took the microphone and went. So we have some who do that, who just go and take the microphone and go. But there is an order to the things of God. And we say this with all sincerity and a clear conscience. We would have sent them anywhere they wanted, and we would have treated them the same. But now we know in this context, we're not only blessing them as graduates, but we're seeing them sent into the ministry as a potential and uh, hope to be soon pastor and you know, elder and these wonderful things that now there are challenges ahead for that, amen? But you guys are passing and doing good. You're going to continue to pass and do good. It's this, what I always tell students, school never stops. It's just most people don't check to see their grades. You should always be learning. You should always be growing. You should always be going from glory to glory and understand where your grade's at, where you're passing and where you're failing. And as I have always said to you in Bible college, I say it again now, the least busy you'll ever be was last week when you were in school. Now you don't get less busy, you get more busy. Because ministry is not like a professor that gives you a little extension or says, okay, well, you can do this like this. Ministry is always has its demands and its timelines that don't necessarily go on your timeline. But this is what I pray. I pray as you were honoring Lauren, does that you find just as much joy in the ministry as she does. And I pray, my dear brother, that you enjoy ministry as much as I do, that you love serving God and his people, and that you find rest and enjoyment with your family as, as both of you seek and serve the Lord. And we'll believe God that the greatest days of your ministries are coming ahead. Amen. Don't you believe that, Lauren? That these, are the, these are the beginning stages for, for these two. Amen. I love you guys. This is fun to do this. Can I have the uh, oil, please? Congregation, would you stand up with me in a sign of agreement? As the saints of old have done from generation to generation to anoint those who have received the call, who have prepared themselves, may we now pray with them and may spiritual gifts be imparted to them even as Paul did with Timothy. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for Lawrence that you will stir within him, O oh God, these gifts you've given him and even impart to him new things right now. Gifts of the Spirit, callings of ministry, wisdom, God, and anointing to break the yoke. O oh Lord, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, may the fire of the Lord burn within him, O oh God. May he live by the old saying of John Wesley, O oh Lord, set him on fire that the world can watch him burn, O oh Jesus. May he be a tremendous example, O oh God, everywhere he goes, of a father, of a leader, of a minstrel, and a prophetic voice, of a preacher and an evangelist. O oh God, stir up within him now, O oh God, all that he will need to be successful. Father, because you would not call him without first preparing him. 
Oh, Lord, he has shown himself, God, to be worthy of this calling. We pray for new spiritual gifts. And we pray, God, for these anointings to come upon him even now by the Holy Spirit. So that whatever he puts his hands to, whatever ministry he goes to, that you will provide for him, O oh God. Even as he seeks you, O oh God, in these next few years, as he, uh, Lord, starts off this ministry, the things that you've called him to do with his wife, may they see the seeds that they sow now reap a bountiful harvest. Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. And Des as well, Lord, we anoint her with oil, believing, O oh God, that there will be a calling upon her life to be fulfilled that no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, O oh, uh, oh God. That, Lord, you will provide for her prophetic utterance, O oh Lord. You will provide for her, God, the songs of heaven, as well as the teachings, O oh God, of the apostles, Lord. May she not be limited only, God, to the gifts that we see outwardly now, Lord, but would you bring forth new gifts, God, and things that no one has even seen yet, O oh Lord. May she be used, God, in writing. May she be used in teaching and doctrine, O oh God. May she be encouraged, O oh Lord, to step out in faith with this education, O oh God, to see what you have only seen ahead of her future, O oh God. Let her see what your eyes see, Father. Let her dream these dreams and see these visions, O oh God, clearly. Let her not be persuaded or dissuaded by any man, O oh God, but led by your Spirit, O oh Lord. Every gift, every calling, we bid it to come forth in Jesus' name. We pray, O oh Lord, that what you have started, no man will stop, O oh God, and that what you have called forth, O oh God, will never be put out in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we bless the Lord? Amen. Can you guys turn? I now want to officially present to you the graduating class of the School of Urban Missions 2022. Hallelujah. They will remain up here. As we dismiss, you can come and take pictures with them and congratulate them. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, friends and family. God bless you.